Hi, this is Sarah Fox. And this is Maggie Kramer. And you are listening to Binging Christmas, the podcast where we watch all of Lifetime's It's a Wonderful Lifetime Christmas movies and chat about them so you can make an informed decision on what to watch. Yeah, and uh, today, oh, well, right off the top, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our fair podcast on your podcast app of choice. We are only, this is, uh, once you've listened to this episode, we have only five films left, so we're in the home stretch. Um, today's film has a conflicting title issue, but Lifetime lists it as a Christmas winter song, and IMDb lists it as winter song. Um, this is Ashanti's vehicle, leading vehicle, um, and there is no leading leading man in the traditional sense, and that there's no real love story in this. Um, yeah, this is not a Christmas rom com at all. N- no, and that's you know in the description of our fair podcast here, we talk of, of we refer to ourselves as rom com experts, and this one is not romantic, nor is it a comedy. This one is dark and very um this one is full-blown this is a drama yeah this is a solid bummer so i'm gonna read the lifetime not the lifetime description the imdb description description because i think it's better um so in the spirit of the holiday season cleo befriends Fred, a former musician down on his luck, and welcome, welcomes him into her shop to perform for customers. Besides their love of performing, Cleo and Fred also have their share of family struggles in common. For Cleo, she must grapple with the death of her father and whether she wants to have children. For Fred, a reunion with his daughter Mia is just what he needs to give him hope in his life. Together with the power of music, the two find strength to overcome their hardships." It's, this one is... I don't know that she grapples with the decision to have children. I mean, she decides it in the movie, but there doesn't seem like there's ever a time where she's against it. Yeah, she doesn't seem to be struggling with it. Right. So my first, like, my initial thought was Ashanti is overacting a little bit, a star and that a starring vehicle may have been a little much for her um we find out that she does she was a singer and she's not singing anymore and i wrote why isn't she singing is someone dead i bet someone is dead yeah and then and then three lines later yep dead dad ding 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 uh it's so we get her waking up the next morning um, and she can't find the locket she usually wears. Um, and I'm, I don't know if you noticed this, but they live in a, like, shockingly big house. The like Christmas a, business is booming and wherever they are. Yes. She owns a Christmas store. Um, I, I do like the girl up, that works for her. Yes. I just called her lipstick until we found out her name was Candace, but she wears some really kicky lipstick. Um. So she's married to Jack, her husband, and I noted this is like six minutes into the movie. The dialogue isn't great. It's 
And I, again, I can't tell if this is an acting, directing, or writing problem. I, I suspect a little bit of all three. Well, I think it's just that it's just this, like this movie you could have broken up and made three movies. There's just yeah. so much going on. And they had to put that together by like basically having everybody explain everything all the time. Yes. So I was really kind of blown away that one of the main conflicts in this movie is so her dad died of cancer about a year ago. It's her first Christmas without him. She hasn't really been speaking to her mother. And then we I wrote, what the fuck? This is a lot of exposition at once. And then in all caps, I wrote, oh, my God, her mom didn't tell her about her dad's cancer. What the fuck? Yeah, secret cancer, and I, secret if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't even like she found out when he was about to die, like she found out when he died. Yeah, and she mentions later that like her mom somehow is some, her mom owns like a health store and is like an herbalist, and we find out later that her mom essentially kept all of the symptoms at bay until, um until her dad died so then i mean that's some herbalist he must have been smoking a lot of weed yeah Yeah, it's it it does kind of look like colorado um is this another one where we don't get where they are or megan yes correct huh yeah we don't get um we don't get where they are so I, um, so, okay, we, we go to the store, and I comment again, we, this is where we meet Lipstick, the assistant girl, um, so, we hear, we see an old man, and then we get magic music, so my initial thought was that he's magic, and I got really excited. I also wrote that. I wrote... Magic old guy? I hear magic music. I thought maybe he was Santa. I said the same thing. I said, is he Santa? Because she goes out to talk to him and give him cookie, a cookie and a coffee. And it's she's kind of trying to kick him away from her stoop because he looks homeless. But he doesn't look homeless at all. He's actually quite well dressed. He's just an elderly black man, and there is something kind of offensive about this setup. Um, well, and Candace's behavior towards him remains super offensive throughout, like the whole movie. Correct, Candace, the sh- like shop assistant, is po- like she's set up to be the like suspicious one, but in fact, she is being super racist and super offensive and it's kind of unfortunate that nobody picked up on this i i almost feel like maybe they felt they were not justifying it but overriding it by having two biracial couples in the movie maybe i think that if candace had i It's just a very, that was a very delicate construct that I don't think for the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie they handle well at 
all. I I wrote like three times this is offensive because late, later we find out that so he gets he makes it seem when she confronts him as if he is not homeless that he um that he has that he's been putting up christmas lights and that he has a place to stay um but then we find out about a scene later after her getting into a fight with her mother um that fred is like singing in town for tips right and is living in his car yeah i so this is so she offers to have him come play at the store dressed as Santa and this is when I wrote I'm really uncomfortable with this setup I know it's supposed to come across as charitable but it feels very condescending and I'm very uncomfortable Uh, yeah it's not great well and then we get the scene with the doctor where like she says you know how has the shelter been and he's like, oh, you know, I'm not in the shelter. I found a place. And that's when we find out that not only does he have cancer, but he's living in his car and he is estranged from his daughter. So just to recap here, we have dead dad within a year. From uh, cancer. From cancer, which she didn't know about. Estranged from her mother. Homeless man with a voice who is estranged from his daughter and is we are made, made like made to believe terminally ill and the only thing that can help him is a surgery where it they never say what kind of cancer he has but he says he has throat, throat cancer throat later cancer. on okay you're right um and they want to cut out a piece of his throat but then he lose his voice so i i wrote this is too dark for a lifetime movie. Even the music is dark. Well, yeah, I it's, mean, you're, you're the star is somebody grieving and you just see her immediately attaching herself to somebody who's about to die of the same thing as the person she's grieving. Yeah. Like, it's cruel. It really, it really is. And so she finds out that Fred is sleeping in his car because Candace the offensive shop assistant um, sees him and then a threat essentially says that not only should she not trust him because he's homeless, but that she thinks he's running a long con on her. Yeah. She calls him a grifter pretty much. It's again, I think that lifetime thinks this is funny when in fact it's, deeply offensive and they also think so cleo invites him to stay in her um in like the shop um because there's like a little uh apartment above it um and he at first he doesn't like it he gets you know he's concerned he's imposing and they convince him we also get a, a really short scene of her, like, taking her husband's clothing to give to Fred. Um, and then we get a, the very kind of small establishing scene of him walking into the store from the sidewalk and his daughter seeing her. Or, excuse me, seeing him. Yeah, and losing her shit. 
Yes. So he's playing the piano and he redecorated the store, which she liked. Um, and we get the kind of flashback, magic flashback scene, which we only get like we get like two of one is on a VHS tape, which I had a huge problem with, but whatever. Um, but this one is just a straight up like magic flashback. Um, so they sing Oh Holy Night together. And this is when I wrote. She cannot pull this off acting wise, but as always, her voice is stunning. What I didn't get about this is that this man is obviously like an immense talent, classically trained, mm-hmm. and she is also an immense talent, but she keeps trying to like, like she starts the song off very R&B. Yes. Like, and then really gets into it, and it just didn't. If she was by herself, it would have been great, but it was too stark of a contrast with him. Yes. And it's, this is another scene where I kept writing, I'm really uncomfortable. Like, then the the daughter walks in on them and she's all pissed off and she confronts him. She didn't know he was in town. And it's... It's also we learned that it's been 30 years that they've been estranged. So the fact that she would, A, recognize his voice and B, then physically recognize him. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. This movie keeps layering things on. And I again, like I kind of want to make sure that everybody is cognizant of the timeline. We're supposed to believe that all of this like very deep intimacy is happening in the span of about 48 hours. Really? I did not realize that. Yes. The timeline is December 20th through the 24th. Okay. Yeah. That's really, really a lot. It's, I, I did say that at this point, um, okay. So, she tells him that she that he, she knows he's sick and he that's when he talks about that he has throat cancer and whatever. So the this and her mom also like magically recognizes that he's sick right away. Yeah, I joked in my notes that um like the number one indicator that someone is going to die or is like very ill is they either get winded running, which happens and, or they have, like, an inexplicable cough, which he also has. And that means you're going to die. If you yeah. can't run a block, excuse me, and you keep coughing for no reason, you going to die. Well, I also thought, like, they put us through a lot emotionally in this movie. And at the end of the day, I was like, it's a Lifetime Christmas movie. They have to give us somewhat of a happy ending. Right. And even in that, spoiler alert. And we never, we never really hear that his cancer is terminal. We hear that he doesn't want to have this have a surgery that could fix it because yeah. he still wants to be able to sing. And then in the final scene, where like he's reunited, the daughter hears the truth, like they're all together, yada yada. The doctor is like, "P.S. Yeah. This is just an extension of life. It's not a cure. Goodbye." Right. Like here's a clinical trial that will shrink your tumor with absolutely no side effects, but it's not going to cure you, but it'll give you more time. It's just, this was, this was a, like, this was a lot for both 
a 90 less than 90 minute movie this is an 87 minute long movie or 86 minutes and a lifetime movie like and for as a starring vehicle for ashanti who like i think if you gave this movie like two hours to flesh out the characters and put it in the hands of a better actor I'm not saying Ashanti is bad. I'm just saying that there's a spectrum and she is not where she'd need to be to actually act in this movie. Why didn't they give her a, an actual rom-com? Like, give her something funny. Right. Like, she was excellent in John Tucker Must Die. Right. Like, why was she not in something? Like, honestly, if she had been in You Light Up My Christmas... It could have worked. Or if she had been in Christmas 9 to 5. Ooh, yes. Like, it could have worked. And I just think that this was so far outside the depth of her skill level that all of these really dark, really heavy storylines not only got, like, didn't get the actual depth of character they needed to be believable, but also, like just made it all feel even darker. It's... Well, she doesn't... She's not, like, emotionally reacting to anything throughout the whole movie, pretty much. Like, I don't know that we ever even see her, like... Cry. Mourn or cry. Yeah. And that's something that bugged me, especially... So there's a scene... So we find out that he was in Vietnam... He got so he was in a jazz group that toured and when he got off tour, his wife was gone and he sent his military pension to his ex-wife. So that left him on the streets, which is where this gets really fucking dark Um, and that, you know, he didn't want to see his daughter because he didn't want her to like see what he'd become as a homeless person um, and he tries to, con- he convinces her at this point to sing in this Christmas show that they, that the town wants her to sing in, which her dad started. And they keep referring to it as for the children's charity, which is oh my God. a nonprofit makes me so angry. The woman organizing the show is also a sociopath. Yeah. I think she was supposed to be the comic relief in this and she- She's not relieving anything. No, she, at one point, her ugly Christmas sweater electrocutes her. It was, like, those kind of moments did not fit in this deep, dark, sad movie. No. It was, this was a very incongruous movie in a lot of ways, and I... I'm not, okay, I'll put, I'll say this. I'm not mad we watched this. I'm not mad it exists. No, I'm not mad at it. I was mainly confused by it and a little overwhelmed. Correct. It was a lot for, like, a weeknight, like, casual watch. I kind of wish there was, like, a, um, like, a trigger warning on this one. Well, yeah, and we also see, like, two adorable small children, like, meet their grandfather for the first time, and, like, we know they're just waiting for him to die. 
It's... I... Oh, my God. I... It was so sad. I... I where... I'm trying to remember the part where I cried. Um... Oh, God. Where is it? Oh, I... Okay, yeah. I said, fuck this movie for making me cry at the Christmas tree lot where, like, he meets his grandkids and... He, they're like, where have you been? We didn't know you existed. And he's like, I got lost for a while. And one of the the little kids is like, Mom, can you make sure that the lady on your cell phone gives Grandpa directions? So I don't want him to get lost again. And I was like, oh, fuck. Those kids were great. Yes, those, those kids, kids were, were probably the best actors in this movie. Yes, Aside from the older man who could pull off a distinguished cry yes i you know what i will give you that as well i don't think he was bad i think he was acting against what he was given how about we go with that it's just i also don't i don't know there's just a lot there's there's surprise cancer there's current cancer there's homeless veterans, there's abandoned children, there's, like, hippie Eastern medicinal mothers. There's a lot happening here. Yeah, that's uh, that's essentially what I wrote, too. Oh, and don't forget we have the fact that her, that his daughter's husband is a Marine stationed in Afghanistan at yes. Christmas. It's... And... Ugh. I mean, this has nothing to do with how heavy the movie is, and I realize that he was intentionally a side character, but Ashanti and her husband are truly two ships passing in the night. Like, oh, they're yeah. casual roommates. Correct. Casual roommates at best, who then apparently reveal a pregnancy at the end of the movie? I don't think they reveal a pregnancy. I think they announce that they're trying. It's... Okay, that's kind of what I thought too, but I couldn't tell which is which. Because she says, like, the mom is like, I'm so happy to have the two of you or, like, something yeah, like says, that. And then she's like, oh, maybe three. Yeah, I I wrote, wait, did they just, I said, wait, she's pregnant or wants to be pregnant? This is unclear. I think she wants to be pregnant because remember there's also the scene where she's like half asleep on the couch. Yes. And she talks about having a little Jack or whatever. Yeah. It's. She was also, she was not a convincing half asleep. No, I, I wrote, is she talking in her sleep? I don't understand what's happening. It's not. This one. If you don't have to watch this one, don't, is kind of how I feel about this. Like, this is not the light movie or, like, the holiday movie that you want to watch over and over again. Like, this is an emotional minefield in a very real way. I appreciate that they try to do something different. It's not a rom-com. Which, no, like, not could... at all. There was a way to do this movie and have it be sort of a refreshing break, which was done really, really well in the Kelly Rowland movie. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what? Yeah. That's, I think that's. You know, like the romance yeah. was still there, but the family was like the main part of the story. Right. Um, And I think we said even in that episode that like that movie would have held up if it was just about the family. Yes. And I did. almost wish they took that approach with it instead of going the total like, like this is us fest. route. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this one I think, you know, we've talked about a lot of these other movies as being emotionally manipulative, but I think that this one this one doesn't even necessarily realize it's being emotionally manipulative. It's just so overwrought with emotion that it loses its like connection to reality. It's not grounded in any real like relationship we care about deeply enough to be um like genuinely engaged with the insane um, number of like tragedies that happen in the span of 125 minutes right like a lot of it we i almost felt like we didn't even get a chance to feel sad about most of it because there was so much going on yeah and i it's one of the reasons why like i don't i don't know i'm just I don't think this one should have been in this lineup. Like, I don't think they're giving people what they want with this movie. Whereas, like, A Christmas Wish hit the nail on the head so specifically. Like, this one felt so out of place because it's not like these movies have been like, we get two rom-coms and then we get It's a Wonderful Life and, you know, then another rom-com, but then two It's a Wonderful Life. like... We've gotten nothing but, like, legitimate, like, romantic comedies or, like, stories that have a romance as the main through line. And then this was kind of dropped in and it it was startling. Let's go with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not angry at this movie. I'm not. Offend. I mean, I'm a little offended by this movie, but not horribly. It's just not... I don't know. It just didn't work. They tried something, and I appreciate that they tried it. But, like, no. Yeah. It's... And the thing yeah. is, like, Ashanti, they didn't even really let her shine because, well, they let her sing, which is always amazing. Like, we've seen her in other stuff that she's good in. Yes. Like, let her be... Like, in this instance, it was as if they needed, like, a really deep and dark excuse to let her sing so kind of fully and, um, I guess, emotionally. But I think you could have given her a better role and still allowed her to show off just the absolutely insane range she has you know i don't right but i mean she isn't totally blameless because a she was an ep on this oh my god she was yeah she was an ep on this and i have an article pulled up right now from the rap which was published december 13th of this year so like earlier this week okay and She's talking about, like, why she's doing the movie and basically that it was because it was different. Okay, she says this movie is about family coming together, feeling cozy, and getting into the holiday spirit. 
What? Yeah. It's not, it's not about any of those things. No. And then the end of the article where the author is just like wrapping up, it's saying like, you know, Ashanti has been acting for a long time. She's been in movies since she was a kid. She also had this musical career. Um, and quote, she continues to tour with Ja Rule. Is she dating with Ja Rule? I don't know. I don't think so. But I'm very concerned that she has made the decision to continue to perform with him post Fire Festival. Because huh. this article is very recent. I'm also looking at one and I don't like it because she refers to her character or she refers to herself as her character in the first person. So she says, unfortunately, I lose my dad. Me and my dad have an amazing relationship and we do this thing for the community every Christmas. I'm just so down and depressed. I kind of shy away from it. A stranger whom I meet. That's not. Uh, I meet reminds me so much of my dad and he kind of brings that spirit back to me. And then she says, I could still see this playing on Lifetime in July. I mean, it probably will, but I don't know that that's a positive. It's such a... I don't know. This one is... This one... This one is Lifetime trying a little too hard and Ashanti trying too hard. Like... And just, I, like, the... The point of these movies is that the good ones know what they are and yeah. they're not... Like, no one's going out for a Golden Globe. Correct. Let's not, like, pack it with all the emotional exposition that we possibly can. Let's make a good, feel-good Christmas movie that can have some sad stuff in it. Obviously, death is, like, a major recurring theme in all of these. Right. Um. Yeah, it's... I just... This one didn't hit... I think if you can skip it, skip it. Yeah, and there are better ways to, like, if you need a good cry, to get that in a way that is then satisfying later because of a good thing or because it's funny or because, you know, the plot line actually works. This one is just... I was I was impressed at how much of a clip this one went at. Like, I didn't really look at what how much time I had left until I was about 40 minutes in, which is saying something. I wasn't angry at this one. I just think it was, it was kind of a misfire, both from Lifetime's perspective and from just kind of the general perspective of the film itself. I think that it didn't have to be Christmas. Like this wasn't, I don't know. This one was just too much for what, Oh, it's a wonderful lifetime is it's it was just too much yeah i mean i think even if you are going into these movies wanting a good cry that um staging christmas is that what the solial moon fry one yes that i think made me personally more emotional and was like actually sadder because it wasn't, like, I, competing sadness. Yeah, I agree 
And I think that that's this one just. Yeah, I don't really I can't really describe a situation in which I think this would be like a go to movie. I, I think just this is a skip. Um, and, you know, as we kind of stare down the barrel of the home stretch, I'm hoping that they get a little bit better. Like I'm part of me is hoping that Lifetime is sh- is saving a real banger for one of these last five. Um, I am excited because our next film, which is Rediscovering Christmas, has Lucille Bluth herself, <gasps> Jessica Walter. Oh my god, I didn't know that. I am very much looking forward to that. Very much looking forward to it. The The description of this film concerns me because we have another like Christmas uh, ball um, and we also have a Christmas specific job but we have Jessica Walter so my hope is she can save this and that she is indicative of the level of quality we're going to get in the last five films. I mean A that's a surprise that I am on board for and the kind of surprise that I want if we can't just have Melissa Joan Hart back running the show. Right. I think this, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I have my fingers crossed that like, we'll end this on a positive note in a way where I won't want to, I don't know, light my television on fire. I think we've had, we've had enough good ones that I am hoping they'll end it on a high note. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Meh. Meh. This movie was meh. Um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and follow us at, at Binging Xmas on Twitter and Facebook, where we will be announcing when each new episode drops. Um, and don't forget to let us know what you think. Tweet at us, Facebook us. We are here. Have a jingly day.